This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being your best self feels good for your loved ones and for you. Visit betterhelp.com super and get back to being you. Hey, brother! Me, oh my, you guys. A brand new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer dropped this past weekend during the big game. And wow, was there a lot to unpack. I honestly didn't realize how much I was looking forward to this movie. And now that I've watched the trailer, I'm like, yes, yes, like, let's do it. Because it totally feels like all of the series we've been watching on Disney Plus for the last year are finally all gonna come together and be relevant and like really pay off. Well, maybe not all of them, but if you haven't gotten around to watching WandaVision or Loki or What If yet, now might be the time to do so. Which to be fair is kind of a lot. And even after you've seen it, it's all kind of complicated. So today really we wanted to do two things. First, just sort of go over how we got here, how we arrived at the multiverse of madness in case you missed anything. And then also of course, break down some of the crazy things in the trailer. Cause it was truly just mind blowing or mind warping, mind acid tripping. I don't know, Dr. Strange is weird. Let's do this. Guys, before we dive on into today's video, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. Like, a lot of people think you need to wait until things are just unbearable before you finally go to therapy. But that's just not true. Therapy is something you can use before things get bad, and it's honestly something you can use to help things from ever getting that low. Like, I know for me personally, taking charge of my mental health really helped me prepare for all of the stressors of the the past two years, you know, like COVID and having twins. Because mental health maintenance should just be part of your normal life. Like we take care of our bodies and we should also be taking care of our minds. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat options. So you don't have to be on camera when you're talking to your therapist if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with your therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try. See why over 2 million people have turned to BetterHelp online therapy. Plus our viewers can get 10% off their first month when they go to betterhelp.com super. Again, that is 10% off your first month when you go to betterhelp.com super. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so on the most basic level, here is the current state of the MCU. And hey, if you already feel like you have a pretty good idea what the multiverse is and you just want to get right to the trailer breakdown, you can skip ahead to right- 12 minutes, 45 seconds. We'll fill in the time later. In case you're unaware, we've had three big phases to kick off the entire shebang. And those three phases made up what's known as the Infinity Saga, each phase capping off with another Avengers movie. But they all revolved around the Infinity Stones, where they came from, what they did, and what happens when you put them all together in a great big glove and snap your fingers. Glub, I said glub. Sorry. Glove. 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 Well, I said it ended with an Avengers movie. I guess the real epilogue is Spider-Man Far From Home. But since then, Marvel has launched phase four, which thus far has all revolved around this idea of the multiverse. And the multiverse is admittedly complicated, but also fascinating because it opens thousands of doors and it feels like there are endless possibilities. And part of what makes the multiverse conversation so much fun is everything that already exists inside the MCU. The stories and characters we already know and love with the potential brand new twist. Take for example, the evil Doctor Strange we saw in What If, or the 50 different versions of Loki we saw in 
Loki. So let's set the stage for the multiverse in the MCU right now. Thus far, we've really had four big shows or movies that have revolved around it. First was WandaVision, where Wanda got these brand new reality warping powers and you just didn't know what was allowed and what was possible. You just never knew who was allowed to show up. Are they going to introduce the X-Men or the Fantastic Four coming? Like, what? what's possible? Then was Loki, which offered us the peek behind the curtain, if you will. We kind of get to see the code, how everything is kept in order. It explored the concept of time maintenance and maintaining one primary timeline. And what happens if you pull out or, I guess, murder the linchpin and just let the timelines run wild? Loki was honestly a totally wacky ride, but really the important takeaway from the show is that Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson have some of the best on-screen chemistry I have ever seen. Cut to almost any clip of them. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. But also, also, actually, actually, the really important thing they introduced, and this is very relevant for the new Doctor Strange movie, is the concept of variants, which are different versions of the same character from alternate timelines. Which leads us to the next show, What If? A show that explores the question, what if a tiny decision was made differently inside the MCU and things went different? And basically each tiny decision that went different causes a new branch to occur in the timeline. So really it's yet another way to create another alternate version of a character. Although really, if you think about it, all the characters from that show are just variants and this show gave some backstory to some of them. And then lastly, we have Spider-Man No Way Home where they finally just go whole hog. Peter and Doctor Strange tear literal holes in the universe and build bridges from the in-universe MCU stuff to the out-of-universe Marvel properties. And this is where the stuff's happening in-universe sort of takes a step back and you have to look at what's happening like here in the real world to understand a little more about what's happening on screen. Because like a super casual Marvel viewer might not realize that the MCU exists in a different universe from say the X-Men movies, which exists in a different universe from the Fantastic Four movies. Which all just dates back to when superhero movies were really popular but didn't have a gigantic through line tying them all together. Or as we like to call it, Kevin Feige. But part of why that happened is because at one point, Marvel Comics was having financial difficulties. So they started selling off the movie rights to different characters to different studios. So Sony got Spider-Man, Fox got the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, and Disney got basically everything else. Except maybe randomly not She-Hulk for a while there, but what, they got her now. But then out here in the real world, Disney purchased Fox, so now they have access to all of those characters as well. But the reason this is significant is because while these franchises have all been really popular in their own way, they've also been decidedly different from one another. But now with the multiverse, and as of No Way Home, anything goes. Meaning that while these were originally separate characters and plots from one another, they were only separate until now. And now, and especially in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, worlds are about to start colliding. And if you've been paying attention, Marvel has really just been very slowly stair-stepping us, the entire audience, up to this point for like a while now. Which is good, because otherwise I think it would have been kind of like drinking from a fire hose. The first tiny glimpse we had that maybe this was a possibility was in Spider-Man Far From Home, where J. Jonah Jameson shows up again, once more being played by none other than J.K. Simmons. And this made waves because J.K. Simmons is who played J. Jonah Jameson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man! So when he showed up in the MCU, you had to wonder, did they just decide no one could possibly play this better and everyone would love it? So yeah, just bring him back? Or 
did he cross over from another timeline? In the end, it turns out it was just fan service and J.K. Simmons is awesome at playing this role, so they brought him back. But inside of Far From Home, there is a whole thrown away plot about Mysterio being from an alternate universe. Like it's brought up and it made you wonder. Uh, Mr. Beck is from Earth, just not yours. Really, I suppose the proper canon word is that this is a variant version of J. Jonah Jameson. Pretty much exactly like it was before, just like a little bit older, way better internet access. Anyway, the next way they started lulling you into this like, yes, bring me the multiverse was in WandaVision where they had a very interesting opportunity. So in case you've forgotten, and it wouldn't be surprised if you did because it didn't get a ton of screen time, but Wanda, when she was introduced, also had a brother named Pietro. When we first got introduced to them at the end of Winter Soldier, they were kind of a package deal. They were siblings and they both had powers. They are very close, but sadly at the end of Age of Ultron, Pietro takes a bullet for Hawkeye and dies. He didn't see that coming. However, out here in the real world, due to some odd legalese about Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver existing as both members of the Avengers and the X-Men at different times, both studios were allowed to create versions of these characters. And as such, the X-Men universe also had a different actor playing Quicksilver, this time played by Evan Jacobs. Unfortunately, Jay refers to the actor playing Pietro as Evan Jacobs when in fact his name is Evan Peters. Please be advised, their mistake remains through the runtime of this video. And this is really no big deal until WandaVision happened, where Wanda is suddenly struggling to remember the details from her life and is seemingly able to just create anything she wants around her, just in complete control of her reality. Or maybe not completely not in control of the, you know what I mean. But the point is, eventually she remembers she had a brother and he shows up at her house, but it's not the brother from the MCU, it's the Evan Jacobs version of Pietro. Thus ensued the wildest week of theory crafting the internet has ever seen. Where for a brief spell, we were all desperately wondering like, okay, can Wanda maybe not bring someone back from the dead? But if not, can she just like pull another version of the same person over from another universe? Like that has to be what she did, right? Why else would they cast Evan Jacobs? Because Evan Jacobs is in fact, not an actor. Well, I'll tell you, it was all a red herring. That's not what happened at all. It was just her next door neighbor who Agnes had like bewitched to pretend to be Pietro and Wanda just went with it. Ralph? Ralph, 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 Ralph. It honestly felt like the studio was just messing with us. Well, I mean, it doesn't even feel that way. They were, they were messing with us. They knew what they were doing. Like even though Evan Jacobs is playing Pietro again, it was not this Pietro or even this Pietro. In fact, he wasn't even, he was playing, he was playing Ralph. It was honestly, kind of disappointing, but my hope is that there's going to be a greater payoff at some point. Please. Captain say Avengers Assemble until like 26 movies in, so I can, I can wait. Assemble. And that brings us to Spider-Man No Way Home, where thanks to Mysterio and J. Jonah Jameson, everyone knows Spider-Man's secret identity, Peter Parker, and it is destroying the lives of everyone he knows. So Peter goes to Doctor Strange for help, asking if he can erase that memory from everyone's head. But then he keeps throwing in all these modifications and in the process of casting the spell, they accidentally crack the multiverse kind of like wide open. And in that moment, they finally actually do the thing they've been lulling us into. They bridge the gap from what has only existed inside the MCU to the other existing Marvel properties. Peter Parker's from the Sam Raimi trilogy, from the Andrew Garfield run, and from the Tom Holland run, along with many of the various villains, all now existed simultaneously inside the MCU. 
Hello, Peter. And this time, they're not variants. They are playing the actual characters. Those characters themselves are now in the MCU. The crossover is officially official. Which brings us to now, where anything is allowed. Which means all those various timelines we saw in What If are actual now possible characters they could literally draw from to bring into the main MCU timeline. In particular, the Doctor Strange episode of What If stands out because I mean, we're already seeing evidence of its existence in the Doctor Strange trailers. In the episode, we see Doctor Strange go back in time to see him try and take Christine on a date. But when he does so, she tragically dies in a car accident. This causes him to use the time stone again and again and again to keep retrying the date. But no matter how he does it, no matter how many times he tries, she always dies. Eventually, he is at his wit's end and goes to the far reaches of the knowledge of all time. And while there, reads forbidden information that no one should have access Access to and it gives him incredible power. It grants him an ability to do things that shouldn't be allowed to happen. And in doing so, he creates the persona of Dark Strange, a split from Doctor Strange's actual personality and one that is insanely powerful. But despite all this power, in the end, he still ends up alone, completely stranded now inside of his own pocket dimension. Which, dare I say, looks a heck of a lot like all these glowing red orbs Doctor Strange is shoving into this book in the trailer. And we've reached the trailer breakdown. Let's go. Okay, so first of all, since we know Wanda is in play in this movie, that book he's shoving all these possible pocket dimensions into to try and fix whatever he did could very well be The Darkhold, the book Wanda stole from Agnes and was seen studying in the post-credits of WandaVision. Which, if it is, I dare say it's likely not a source of completely benevolent power, which is also to say, I don't think Wanda's gonna be, I think she's probably gonna be pretty villainous in this movie. Okay, maybe villain's a strong word, but in my defense, a highly motivated, super powerful wielder of chaos magic who will not flinch at rule breaking to get her lost sons back, doesn't really roll off the tongue. But on that note, we do see in the trailer, Wanda confronting another version of herself and what looks to be a recreation of her Westview home. So two possibilities here. One is that the standing Wanda here in the more casual clothes is a form of her grief she has managed to like magically separate from her body. Or as ever, it could be a variant version of Wanda. We actually have seen one of these already in What If, although admittedly at that time she was a zombie. So, although on that note, and I don't wanna to get too complicated here in the comics, Wanda's what's known as a nexus being, which is someone who's the same in every single reality. So I don't know if that's at play here, but if it is a variant, then perhaps what we're seeing is that Wanda has crossed into a, another timeline where she finds a version of her kids living with another version of herself. And she finds that she can't actually take the kids from herself because that would be just as bad. And with that in mind, while I wouldn't put it past Wanda's powers to include just dimension hopping, there is also a character in this movie whose power is literally that. This is going to be Doctor Strange's new buddy, American Chavez. And her power, and I'm not making this up, is to create star-shaped holes in reality that she can use to jump to other realities. And also a whole host of other things too, but that's the big one. But I do think this is her fighting Wanda right here, which makes me think Wanda maybe asked her for this favor and she declined and now maybe Wanda is trying to force the issue. Although to be fair, maybe that's not even Chavez she's fighting right here because it's hard to tell. She's all aglow. It looks like it could be like another version of Captain Marvel even, or possibly, and hear me out here, 
the human torch. Okay, it's probably not that last one, but that is a convenient segue to the next part of the trailer I wanna talk about, which is right here when Doctor Strange is being arrested for messing with the multiverse itself. Which leads to an interesting question, which is who has the authority to police such things in the first place? Like it sort of seems like that should fall under the TVA's jurisdiction, but maybe they don't exist anymore, but maybe it's hard to tell when the TVA exists at all, sort of always and sort of never, but also this obviously isn't the TVA, so who are they? And the answer is that this is Marvel's version of the Illuminati which in the comics is a group of super smart heroes from around the multiverse that gather together to try and prevent exactly what's happening from happening. You know, honestly, they do just sound a lot like the TV. I don't, do we really need two organizations that are working on the same thing? They feel like they would cross over. What is the difference between the FBI and the CIA anyway? Whatever, I'm sure they're gonna explain it and we'll just be like, okay. Really doesn't matter. The important thing is who is a member of the Illuminati in the MCU? And from the trailer, at the very least, it looks like Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange 1 because he's the one doing the arresting. And worth mentioning, historically, one of Doctor Strange's most nefarious adversaries. But more important is whoever says this line. We should tell him the truth. Now we can't see his face when he says that, but that is unmistakably the voice of Patrick Stewart, who is absolutely reprising his role as none other than Professor X. And if you're sitting there saying, uh, yeah, but didn't he die in Logan? Yes, you'd be correct. But remember, variants. So different Dr. X, same actor. Exactly the same as the J. Jonah Jameson situation. Way better powers. I want Spider-Man! But other notable members of the Illuminati in the comics have included Tony Stark, Hank Pym, Namor, Reed Richards, Steve Rogers, Captain Britain, basically all like the super hyper smart ones and Steve Rogers. Language. And some of those really do stand out as very likely candidates for this movie. For example, if they're already gonna be introducing the X-Men, why not also do the Fantastic Four as well? That would make Reed Richards, AKA Mr. Fantastic, an awesome inclusion on this list. Plus there's been like a lot of rumors that John Krasinski might play this role and I really hope that's true and I really hope he's in that chair. Also, it's already been confirmed that Namor, the King of Atlantis, is already cast for Black Panther 2, so we could go ahead and introduce him here. And while I doubt they would use Robert Downey Jr. again in a Marvel movie so soon. I don't think it's impossible Tony Stark is there just played by someone else because Tom Cruise of all people has actually been rumored to be playing Tony Stark in this movie. Plus there's all these Ultron bots escorting Doctor Strange through the Illuminati, which feels like more evidence that Tony would be involved, but could also mean that Bruce could be involved or Vision or heck, even Ultron. All of which would be really fun options, especially Bruce, because they could get like Edward Norton to play the variant version of him or even Eric Bana or, or Lou Ferrigno. Hmm? Do it, Marvel. Please get your hand out of my face and stop calling me Hulk. Or, or, less likely, but still possible, they're not Ultron bots at all, but are instead Doom bots, because one Victor Von Doom is part of the Illuminati. I'm loving this movie. We can just make ridiculous claims that it's like, no, yeah, it's possible. Also, I did mention Captain Britain before, which might make you think, wait, does that mean Captain Carter from What If is gonna be on the council? And let me just say, Yes, that is totally possible. In fact, her shield can be spotted on the most recent Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness poster right here. So I think that basically confirms she'll be in the movie in some way. But Captain Britain is actually a whole different character in Marvel who is sometimes also known as the Black Knight who was going to be portrayed by Kit Harington as of the post credits in The Eternals. But honestly, if you can't tell, really, 
anything goes in this movie. I mean, for all we know, Deadpool could be part of the Illuminati. I mean, he was part of Fox and Disney bought them. So wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that, can you zoom in on the poster? Enhance, enhance, doodle, no. Okay, you guys, swinging for the fences prediction here. Deadpool makes an extremely brief cameo in the movie, but then in the post credit scene, he just like lands in the MCU proper, immediately tries to do something inappropriate and gets like filtered out or something and then addresses through the fourth wall that like, oh no, I'm part of a Disney property now something like that. But there you go, guys. That is the multiverse as it stands right now and our trailer breakdown for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I am so excited for this movie. Like, tell me all of your wildest predictions, hopes, and dreams for what cameos will be made in this movie in the towel section down below. Also, also, homework. If you haven't watched What If yet, it's probably time that you do that. Don't let the, I just don't like the animation uh, excuse stop you. Just, just get through it. It's going to be worth it. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Marvel action from us. If you want to see me and Ben rank all the current Marvel movies, you can check out this video right here. It actually has a cool tier list where you can rank them yourselves and then share them with us. But otherwise, until next time, Ben, I will see you in another life. Round.